guys, and welcome to the Moms and Murder podcast, a true crime podcast featuring myself, Mandy, and my dear friend, Melissa. Hi, Melissa. Hi, Mandy. How are you? I am doing awesome this week. How are you? I'm doing really good. We sound so positive, so full of life. Yeah, we are. Yeah, are we? (laughs) Well, I mean, I am. We're just a few weeks away from my favorite holiday, Thanksgiving, and I have so much to be thankful for. Me? Mainly that I'm going to have so much good food on my table really soon. And I'm a close second, maybe in the top five. (laughs) (laughs) There's still a couple of weeks left for me to be thankful for you. So this week, it's about the food. (laughs) I'm going to pretend in my head that you're going from least to most thankful. So I I plan on being in that very last week when you just really just, I want full tears, everything. I just want (laughs) an entire production. Thank you so much. I'm also thankful for you, but I'll wait till the last week. No tears, though. You will get zero tears out of me. Yeah, the week that we – oh, wait, do we have an episode coming out that week? We have a, uh, an episode the week before Thanksgiving. So this is a great time to say we are off the week of Thanksgiving, but we will be back right after, and we'll have an episode up on Patreon this month. If you miss us too bad, you can – I mean, not too bad. <laughs> if you miss us too much, you can find us over on Patreon this month. So that's how you can get your fix. I don't know. This is really going off the rails really quickly here. Okay, do so you want me to bring it back on <laughs> the rails? Yeah, if you, I was like, oh, I thought we were recording. Oh my gosh, what are we doing? Yes, if you could be our rail master, no, the conductor, <laughs> train person, could you do that? Dear God, get us out of this hole. Go ahead. Yeah, all right, I'm good at that. Okay, so how does a man convicted of murdering his wife in 2015 spend his weekends in 2019? Your first thought is probably in jail, but that is not exactly the way this particular man is doing things. Bruce Beresford Redmond spends his days like any other suburban dad would, walking around the local Home Depot. In June of 2019, just two months after being released from a Mexican prison, Bruce was actually spotted walking around Home Depot hand-in-hand with his mother in the Los Angeles neighborhood of Gardenia. You might not recognize his name, but you will most likely recognize some of the shows that he helped to create and produce, like Pimp My Ride, which was one of my favorite things to watch really? back in the day. Yeah, I used to love that. It was so I, good. So it was fun. so good. I used to love it when they would put like shag carpet on the walls of like a van or something. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> that actually sounds like you. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Now. <laughs> yeah. So, but he was also responsible for creating and producing one of the most watched reality shows ever in history, which is Survivor. I've never really been much of a Survivor person. I think I watched like the first season. Me is too. that one that you follow? No, no. I just watched the first season of it. It's a little too classy for me. Yeah. <laughs> to yeah, be there's quite not, honest. There's not enough trash in that one. No, 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 no. So for the past 10 years or so, Bruce has been taking part in a very real version of Survivor starring himself. And before we get into the details of this story, we're going to tell you a little about where it took place in this week's segment of We Google This City. So this story actually takes place in a few places that we've actually talked about recently, including Mexico City and L.A. So we are going to talk about the city that or the area, really, that Bruce lived in, and that's called Palo Verde. And it's less of a town and more of a neighborhood. And I'm mostly basing that off that the fact that there were only 171 residents as of the 2010 census. So just remember when you're hearing this, I'm working with a place that's about the size of a Chili's on karaoke night. <laughs> so, <laughs> and now for the sort of facts. Shortly after the death of his wife, Linda, Paul McCartney released the album Rushes that included the song Palo Verdes, which featured Linda's vocals. 
Famous residents of Palo Verde include actor George Sakai and Chuck Norris. And I bet you guys thought that I would do a Chuck Norris joke here, but no, I wasted that on a Google this city in Austin. So I can't repeat those. I'm very upset with myself, but don't worry. It only gets worse. Pirates of the Caribbean films were partly photographed. I kept seeing the word photographed about this and filmed. I'm going to go with filmed a little bit near the coast of Palos Verde Peninsula. Helicopters were often seen overhead filming shots from the sky of Jack Sparrow and his crew. Speaking of pirates, and I told you guys it would get worse, here are my three top pirate jokes that have absolutely nothing to do with what we are talking about today or oh boy. even ever. <laughs> it's a new low even for me whenever I was like, oh, I can do pirate jokes. And I was like, dear God, Melissa, what is wrong with you? <laughs> so here we go. <laughs> Mandy, see if you know the answers to these. There's really no right or wrong answer. They're all wrong. So don't worry. So number three, why did the pirate go on vacation? <laughs> If you don't know, know. it's okay. If you want to just say, Melissa, just read them and embarrass yourself. That's fine, too. He needed some R and R. (laughs) I don't feel like you said that with enough enthusiasm. I have plenty more opportunities. Don't (laughs) worry. I'm just working myself into it. Number two, why did the pirate and his girlfriend break up? Hmm. (laughs) My kids have to be so ashamed of me. Here we go. Because of all the arguments. Was that better? (laughs) I even did my hand like a little fist without a hand and like it had a whatever on it. Okay. Number one. This one's terrible. Why are pirates such eager readers of Playboy? Oh my gosh, Melissa. I know. (laughs) Because of the articles. I basically did all of those jokes just so I could do that one. I was really excited about it. <laughs> so, was... Mandy, I can... <laughs> Terrible? <laughs> no, no, no. It was simultaneously the worst and the best Google this city ever. I will take what I can get. I have to be honest. So, Mandy, I can hear you rolling your eyes. So let's get right into this brand new episode of Mom... Why am I doing this? Of Moms and Murder. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. We are moving right along now. So Bruce and his wife, Monica, came from two completely different backgrounds. Bruce was born on April 20th, 1971 in Woodcliffe Lake, New Jersey. Woodcliffe is a small town around 6,000 people and full of historic 18th century homes. His parents eventually moved from the small town in New Jersey to Sarasota, Florida, where Bruce graduated from New College of Florida, which is a completely new college to my brain. I've never even heard of that. Have you? No, I literally thought that was like a lie. I didn't even bother to Google it. I was like, it does sound like something Florida would do. Yeah. So Bruce eventually made his way to Hollywood, where he impressed the right people with his determination and talent. For a season, he was moving from hit show to hit show and really proved himself as a supervising producer on the reality show Survivor. On the other side of the equator, Monica Burgos was born on April 8, 1969, in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, some 4,000 miles away from where Bruce was born. Monica had a passion for life and her home country of Brazil. She eventually made the decision to leave her country and start a new life in Los Angeles. At the age of 26, Monica and her two sisters, Carla and Jean, took over a dying restaurant in West L.A. and named it Zabumba. 
Zabumba became the it place to party in Los Angeles. It was a magnet for Brazilian expats, but it invited all types of people to come and party in Rio style. The restaurant became such a big hit in L.A. that the fire marshals actually closed it down during a World Cup game in 1998. During an interview with the L.A. Times, Monica is quoted as saying, What is more important than samba and soccer? Not even God. And that really just speaks to how passionate Monica was about her country, her restaurant, and about life in general. And it was in L.A. at Monica's restaurant that Bruce and Monica actually met for the first time in 1997. Bruce really enjoyed the food at the restaurant, but secretly, or maybe not so secretly, he really kept returning to the restaurant to actually see Monica. He finally gained enough courage and just asked her out on a date, and they were together from that point on. Bruce described Monica as being absolutely gorgeous. He said, quote, she was this exotic, tall, beautiful creature with long, very dark, curly hair. He didn't just love her looks, though. He also enjoyed her accent, which he thought was very beautiful. To say they were opposites was really an understatement. Monica was a flashy extrovert, and Bruce was a very well-read introvert. Bruce and Monica married on April 8, 1999, in Monica's home of Rio de Janeiro. Monica continued to really rock the restaurant world while Bruce's television career took off. As the money rolled in, Monica and Bruce purchased a stunning $2 million home in Palo Verdes and enjoyed really all the luxuries that life had to offer. They filled the home with not only beautiful possessions, but also with two children named Camilla and Alec. In the beginning, it appeared that Bruce and Monica really had it all. They had a solid marriage, good careers, and this beautiful home. However, as time went on, the pieces of this perfect life began to fall apart. Both Monica and Bruce were entangled in their separate careers, which of course puts a lot of stress on this young family. Bruce worked during the day, and because of the restaurant, Monica mostly worked at night. Often they were sort of passing each other like two ships in the night. The family's nanny at their Palo Verde's home described the couple as really being not very lovey-dovey, and they really didn't smile a whole lot. During their 11-year marriage, both Bruce and Monica admitted to having affairs. Bruce had multiple affairs, but the most well-known affair and the longest affair was with his longtime casting director and personal assistant, Joy Pierce. Carla, who's Monica's sister, remembers actually going to this party where Bruce was in attendance and being stunned by how Bruce and Joy interacted with each other. She said, quote, at times the two had trouble keeping their hands off each other, even in front of me. Can you imagine seeing this? Like, you know, hey, there's my brother-in-law over there. And hey, there's his assistant. And oh my gosh. During Monica's first pregnancy, Bruce purchased a really expensive watch, but it wasn't for the mother-to-be, but it was actually for Joy. And Joy actually ended up returning this expensive gift for cash. Bruce confided in his mother, Juanita, about the affair with Joy, and his mother encouraged him to break off this affair. She cared deeply about her daughter-in-law and knew that this would not only crush Monica, but it would also affect their children as well. Juanita even encouraged Bruce to tell Monica about his indiscretions and to ask for her forgiveness. She also advised them to stay together and even suggested that they live in different quarters of the house while they sorted everything out. In March of 2010, Bruce had a difficult conversation with Monica. He confessed at that time that he had been having an emotional and sexual relationship with Joy. 
But this really wasn't news to Monica because she had actually already found a memory stick full of evidence of this affair. It included emails and text messages. And she had even at one point flown down to Costa Rica while Bruce was there to go and check up on him. Bruce really had a less than clean history. He also had an addiction to phone sex where he had racked up a bill of over $5,000 at one point. Monica was infuriated and really fed up with the news of the affair and fled their Palo Verde home. She drained their joint bank account and took the children to Hawaii. She insisted that if Bruce wouldn't give her a divorce and divide their assets in half, she would keep the children and everything she withdrew from their bank accounts. It appears that Bruce was still very much conflicted about his relationship with Joy at this point. He actually wrote a letter to Joy that said, quote, I told you that I would not leave my family. That was true and honest. I was not misleading you. Then that changed and I told you that I didn't feel I would be happy without you and that I was going to leave my family so that we could be together. The letter goes on and continues, quote, clearly I am a piece of poop. What I did to Monica was lousy. And as you know, it required me to lie to her for months. She, meaning Monica, has denied me access to my children and continues to do so, and she has shut me out of my home. She has liquidated all of my money, end quote. Bruce was a man at this point that was clearly in distress. He didn't want to lose his family, but he also didn't want to walk away from his mistress, who he had really grown to have this deep connection with at this point and wanted to also have her in his life. When Monica returned from Hawaii, Bruce became very emotional and he started crying to her and he was begging for her forgiveness. He really did all that he could to change Monica's mind about him and about their relationship. And he promised that he would break off this affair with joy and really change his ways. Monica's birthday was coming up and Bruce used this opportunity to take the family on a vacation. And he wanted Monica to pick the destination and she chose Cancun, Mexico. On April 4th, 2010, with their two children in tow, the couple took off on a trip that would change their lives. And we're going to get into more details of this story after a quick break for a word from this week's sponsors. We love talking about our FabFitFun boxes, but this week, before we talk about what came in our new boxes that we are totally obsessed with, we thought we'd talk about exactly what fab fit and fun looks like to us. For me, my fab is painting my nails and having them turn out like I want them to and not like my six-year-old did them for me. My fit is going on walks with my kids, especially in the cooler weather. And my fun is ordering dinner in and watching my favorite shows with my husband. And the other night, I had just that. I had TV, I had dinner in, and bonus, I got to rummage through my new FabFitFun box, making all the oohs and ahs. FabFitFun is really self-care made simple. As a homebody, I really love that boxes are delivered straight to my door so there's no more wasted time searching for my new favorite thing out in the wild with all the peopling. As soon as we receive our boxes, Melissa and I always immediately text each other to go through what we received in them. And this month, I received my favorite box yet, and that's in part because once a season, I visit their website and start customizing my own box. Like this month, I chose between the Unhide Faux Fur Blanket or the Rebecca Minkoff Beanie Set. 
As a blanket lover, this was an easy choice and the perfect one. Another favorite from my recent box is the Color Switch Instant Brush Cleaner, which removes makeup from your brushes instantly and without any water or brush cleaner. If you're not familiar with it, FabFitFun is a seasonal subscription box with full-size beauty, fitness, fashion, and lifestyle products. The box retails for $49.99 but always has a value of over $200. Use coupon code MOMS for $10 off your first box at FabFitFun.com. Again, use coupon code MOMS for $10 off your first box at FabFitFun.com. We are headed into the home stretch of this decade, and before we know it, the holidays will be here and a new year will be upon us. And of course, we'll all be scrambling to take care of ourselves thanks to our new year, new me mottos. But this year, let's get ahead of it and start taking better care of ourselves now with Care Of. Care Of is a wellness brand that makes it easy for you to get the right vitamins, supplements, and protein powder for your specific needs. I know for me, this time of year, it's so easy to fall off track when it comes to my health, wellness, and fitness routine. Side note, is walking my son up and down the toy aisles even considered a fitness routine? I really know I have to do better, and with the holidays approaching and things starting to get busier, I know that adding some extra support for energy, immunity, and stress can help me find balance and stay healthy, and I know that Care-of can do the same for you. As the cooler months approach, Care-of makes it super easy to keep taking your vitamins and maintaining healthy habits. Plus, Care-of makes it fun. You take a short, fun five-minute quiz and answer easy questions about your diet, lifestyle, and health needs. Melissa and I took the quiz, and it was easy and fun, and I just love pulling out my individual vitamins from the pack that has my name on it and a fun little anecdote or quote to help jumpstart my day. For 50% off your first Care Of order, go to TakeCareOf.com and enter Moms50. Again, for 50% off your first Care Of order, go to TakeCareOf.com and enter Moms50. And now, back to the episode. Before the break, we mentioned the family was getting ready to embark on this family vacation to going to Mexico. And according to Bruce, this trip really starts off well. The family checked into Moon Palace Hotel, which was a little slice of heaven on a perfect beach set in Cancun, Mexico. Being that it was spring break, the hotel was packed with other families and college students just looking for a relaxing vacation. The Moon Palace Hotel was the perfect place for a family to heal. During their time at the hotel, the family of four slept together in room 7816. The hotel was really breathtaking, complete with an ocean view and even a jacuzzi. Monica and Bruce took Alec and Camilla to a water park and a ride down an underground river where Bruce later claimed to have gotten scratched up. While Bruce recalls the trip being a really good time, Jean, Monica's sister, remembers Monica describing it really differently. Jean spoke with Monica on April 4th, 2010, and Jean said that she was still really shaken up about Bruce's cheating. Jean told her sister to come home and to just move on with her life and said, you know, I know that one day you're going to be happy again. The next day, April 5th, 2010, would be the last day of Monica's life. Monday, the night before Monica disappeared, a security guard at the hotel stated that he witnessed the couple arguing and claims that Bruce even tried to hit Monica. For his part, though, Bruce claimed that on that Tuesday morning, he woke up around 5 a.m. and began playing games with Alec, specifically one called Mater. Mater was a game they played that involved driving toy cars around the room and crashing them into furniture as if they were the tow truck characters from Disney's movie Cars. Bruce claims that this early morning game resulted in a lot of laughing and screeching, and it's 5 in the morning. Like, other people are there. It's very, very busy, and they're... And, and I get having kids, like kids are loud. They do not have any care in the world what time it is. But at 5 a.m., typically you're trying to be quiet for other people, not right. 
engaged in this really loud, ruckus game that's making all kinds of noise. So around this time, a British family in the hotel actually called to complain about the noise. The family went as far as to handwrite a complaint that stated they heard, quote, screams, crying for help, and extremely loud banging. They also added in their complaint to the hotel that it, quote, sounded like a woman in distress. The concierge received this complaint and immediately called room 7816. So if you're going to take the time at five in the morning to not only call down there, but to write a note and say, hey, something's wrong here. This isn't normal. You know, these are the things we're hearing and have it in writing. You've got to be pretty freaked out. Yeah, definitely. So Bruce actually answered this phone call and he told the concierge that he was just playing loudly with his children. Around 8.30 that morning, Camilla, the couple's daughter, claimed that her mom had left their hotel room in a blue sundress and sandals. But according to hotel security, there is no record of Monica leaving the hotel grounds that morning. Bruce would later claim that as part of Monica's birthday gift, she was going to go off that day and go shopping and maybe go to the spa and just have a nice day to herself. Back in the room, though, Monica left behind her passport and her iPhone. So when Monica's sisters hear this story, they are immediately suspicious. They don't buy this for one second. To them, it just didn't really add up or make any sense. Just a month earlier, when, you know, their sister's marriage was in turmoil, Monica had denied Bruce access to their children. And now all of a sudden, his story is that she's leaving them, you know, all day with him. And now there's no way for her to even get in touch because her phone is in the room. So... You know, they're in a strange place. Her sisters were just thinking, this doesn't sound like, this doesn't seem like right, you know. Right. Even in the best situation, this doesn't seem like Monica, but for them to have had all the problems they had and then her to just kind of leave the kids with no way to contact them doesn't add up. Right. Bruce's side of the story, um, he claimed that Monica didn't take her phone with her because it was cracked and damaged and it was barely in working order. So she just left it in the room. Like most of us, when we go on vacation, Bruce spent the day doing normal family things with his kids. He said that he spent the time that Monica was gone just out lounging around, swimming in the pool, watching movies, and taking naps. Bruce also placed a do not disturb sign on the door of the hotel room for the entire day, which isn't that strange to me because that's like the first thing I do when I go to a hotel. I never, ever, 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 ever let them come in my room, ever. No. Immediately when I get into my room at a hotel, I've put that sign on the door and it does not come off until I leave. So yeah. to me, that isn't really that unusual. No. Bruce and the kids had dinner together and then he put them down for the night. At this point, Monica still hadn't made it back to the hotel room. According to the United States Department of State, Cancun was considered to be reasonably safe for travelers in 2010 in comparison to other areas of Mexico. However, it was recommended that tourists in this area, especially women, walk around with at least one other person, especially at night. It turned out that this luxury resort had a strange history of crime and violence. In 2007, Canadian Jeff Toast was found dead after he suffered a fall from his third floor balcony. In 2009, just a year before Monica went missing, a Scottish woman disappeared and was later found beaten to death. On April 30th, 2010, just a few weeks after Monica's disappearance, a young girl was the victim of an attempted rape by a hotel employee who was later fired. And by the time 11 p.m. rolled around that Tuesday night, Monica had yet to return to the hotel. Bruce claims that he stayed up all night worrying about Monica, but he didn't bother to report her missing until the next morning when he called the front desk and asked them what he should do about his missing wife. 
The hotel's electronic lock system showed that the couple's room was opened and closed at least 11 times that night. And this is just like an aside, but Mandy, I think you and I are kind of the same with our spouses and kids. Like if you leave the house for more than 30 minutes, at least in my house, I'm going to get a call from my husband. Like, can the kids have this to eat? Like he doesn't live there too. (laughs) It's always like, can they have crackers? I'm like, what would you do if I said no? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What kind of show you think I'm running here? But really like my husband checks in a lot. It's not his, he's not home with the kids all day. So he doesn't know like their normal schedule really, but he's always like, okay, when will you be home or whatever? There's no just like cut off on communication for a full day. Like that would be very, very abnormal. And I think for most parents, that kind of is, you're always kind of checking in on the kids, checking in on each other. And if somebody's not home by 11 p.m. and through the night, something's wrong. Well, it's strange to let something like that go at home, but even more so if you're on vacation and you're in another country and you're supposed to be having this family trip. Like, yeah, it would be really, really alarming to, you know, your wife doesn't come back to your hotel room and then she's gone all all night long. And, and you know, she doesn't have her phone. Yeah. I mean, I feel like for sure you would get you would try to at least get somebody to help you a lot sooner than that. And people do, you know, people freak out and do things differently. I get that. They really do. People have a different way of dealing with it, but it's it's one of the many things they kind of look for in this story to say, like, well, this doesn't seem right. So Bruce then, after he talks to the hotel, he calls his sister-in-law to let her know that Monica was missing. Jean was in complete disbelief, and she immediately booked a flight from Los Angeles to Cancun. During this time, Bruce was really shuttling back and forth to the police station, giving statements and talking to investigators. Three days after Monica vanished, Bruce returned to his hotel room to find it full of investigators and police officers allegedly were demanding money from him. Bruce claims that they accused him of murdering his wife and said, if you only give us this money, we'll make this problem go away. At this point, Bruce says that he's led outside by a female investigator and questioned about the scratches that were on his body which is when he gave them that story about the river thing that they had been on as a family and that he had scratched himself several times during that. Only 75 yards away from room 7816, Monica's beaten and suffocated body was found in the hotel sewage pit on her birthday. She would have been 42 years old. Later that week, Monica's sister Jean went to the morgue to make preparations to take her body back to LA for a proper burial. However, Bruce had actually already paid for the body to be cremated, which was really just another red flag for the sisters. During all of this, Mexican police continued their investigation. Bruce was actually required to hand over his passport, and at this point, he was the last person known to have seen his wife and was the number one suspect in her murder. And we're going to get into more details of this case after one last break to hear a word from this week's sponsors. I know some of you have been finished with your holiday shopping since July. First of all, congratulations. Second of all, come fix my life. For the rest of us, we are trying to ignore the countdowns to the holidays and just start our holiday shopping. Well, you guys can stop fretting. We have the perfect gift idea for everyone in your life. Bomba's socks. And I know what you're thinking. Melissa, no one has asked me for socks. And I hear you. But that's just because they haven't worn a pair of Bomba's socks. Take it from a sock connoisseur. These socks will change your life. Bombas are the perfect sock for everyone with different styles and colors and endless comfort. Whether you're hanging out at the house, feeding your chickens, or running to Chipotle, Bombas are a must-have sock. Bombas are honestly the softest, most comfortable sock I have ever owned. 
How soft are they? How about made with the softest cotton in the world soft? The one thing that drove me crazy with other socks I've worn is that annoying ridge over the toe on the front of your socks. Well, Bombas hated that too, so they got rid of it. And now my toes don't feel like tiny prisoners. Bombas have built-in extra cushioning, so they feel less like socks when you're walking around the house and more like luxurious slippers. Plus, there's something for everyone, from dress socks to performance socks and even limited edition holiday socks. I bought a pair of Bombas for my daughter, and even though she's reached that age where everything her mom does is wrong, even she agrees with me that Bombas are the perfect gift. Plus, for every pair of Bombas you buy, Bombas donates a pair to a person in need. Become everyone's favorite gift giver this year and go to bombas.com slash momsandmurder today and get 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash momsandmurder. Once again, that's bombas.com slash momsandmurder. Life comes at you fast. But when you're looking for counseling, minutes can feel like hours and hours can feel like days. You want help quickly, but how will you fit it into your schedule? Our problems rarely arise during normal work hours, so why is counseling mainly available during normal business hours? BetterHelp Online Counseling is there for you. Is there something that interferes with your happiness or maybe something that's preventing you from achieving your goals? BetterHelp has you covered and at times that are convenient for you. BetterHelp offers licensed professional counselors who are specialized in issues such as depression, anxiety, relationships, trauma, grief, and more. You can connect with your professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist without ever having to leave the house. BetterHelp is secure, convenient, and professional. If you ever find that you want to change counselors, you can do so at any time with no additional charge. Financial aid is also available to those who qualify. Best of all, it is truly an affordable option, and Moms and Murder listeners get 10% off your first month. Simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor you'll love within 24 hours. Go to betterhelp.com moms and use discount code moms for 10% off your first month. Again, for 10% off your first month, go to betterhelp.com moms and use discount code moms. And now back to the episode. Just two weeks after Monica's death, Bruce hitchhiked to the border town of Nuevo Lardo without a passport and crossed the U.S. border using his U.S. driver's license. After staying in the border town for three days, he took a train back to Los Angeles. Despite having to turn over his passport, Bruce claims that Mexican authorities never asked him to stay in Mexico during this investigation. Doesn't really seem likely, but that was his story. So at this point, his children were actually already back in L.A., and Bruce decided to return to the U.S. to be with them. News of Monica's death traveled fast to California, and many people were shocked to see Bruce resurface there. Life really was not as it was before. Instead of being the man behind the camera, Bruce was now in the spotlight himself. TV crews maintained a constant presence outside of his house both day and night. Meanwhile, the Mexican police were adamant about pursuing Bruce across the border, and they believed they had sufficient evidence to arrest him. Seven months after the murder, Bruce was arrested and held at the Federal Detention Center in Los Angeles. On February 8, 2012, after fighting extradition for more than a year, U.S. Marshals escorted Bruce back to Mexico to face murder charges. During the trial, the police claim that Bruce hit his wife with a blunt object, which knocked her out, and then they say that he strangled her to death. They claim that he hid her body in the room until the children fell asleep, and prosecutors said that everything, including the murder, actually took place while the children were in the room in their care. 
For Bruce's part, he denies every bit of this. After returning to the U.S., the children immediately began seeing a therapist. And the therapist in her deposition testified that based on years of close observation, she believed that the children had never witnessed any type of physical violence between their parents in Mexico or at any other time, which is kind of a huge thing for this professional to come out and say in court. Yeah, for sure. And it it makes me feel better, too, to not think these poor kids have seen this terrible thing, if that's what really happened, that they weren't eyewitnesses to it, you know, in front of them, that as terrible right. as all of it is, at least they didn't actually see it in front of them. So with a deceased mother and an incarcerated father, full custody of these children was given to Bruce's aging parents, Juanita and David. Bruce later told 48 Hours that he had hoped that the United States would take a look at the request for Mexico and say that it wasn't good enough and there wasn't sufficient evidence. He says there was no probable cause and says, quote, they didn't agree with me. And it became clear to me that the longer I stayed in the United States, I was simply wasting my time. On March 12th, 2015, five years after Monica's death, Bruce was convicted of murdering his wife and sentenced to 12 years in prison. During Bruce's time in the Benito Juarez prison in Cancun, He recorded a video diary spanning four months. I watched some of these video diaries and it's it's kind of crazy like to see the inside of this prison. He shares this six by nine foot cell and there's really no steady source of electricity or drinking water. And it's a far cry from what he had lived in before this like very glitzy and glamorous life. And he's just trying to survive. And he talks in the video, one of the videos I saw where he was basically saying, I'm just trying to survive. I don't want to be this person when I get out of prison because I have to be so like hard and tough and can't take, you know, anybody's crap really. And I don't want that to spill over, you know, whenever I leave. But it was it was really kind of eye opening to me just to see this prison and, and, and what it was like. So Bruce wanted people to understand really with these video diaries, which I still couldn't understand how he got access to doing these video diaries, what he was going through in the daily quote unquote hell he's he was going through. As of today, Bruce is a free man after serving only seven and a half years combined in both U.S. and Mexican prisons. A neighbor stated that she was really surprised and disappointed and felt like, you know, he should be old and gray by the time he gets out for being convicted of murdering his wife. Bruce's former attorney stated that inmates in Mexico are actually eligible for release after 60% of their sentence has been completed. Oh, wow. Yeah. Bruce was credited with good behavior and paid $2,000 in restitution. He remains very adamant about his innocence and refused to comment about his release to reporters. TMZ actually had photos of him in LA and he traded his clean cut and shaved beard for a beard and shaved head. He does not look like the same person at all. Bruce's defenders believe that he was never convicted beyond a reasonable doubt. From accusations of bribery of the police to the history of violence at the resort to the destruction and mishandling of evidence, they don't believe that Bruce ever really had a fair trial. And of course, this is a really complicated case, but at the center of it are these two young kids who lost their mom and really their dad went away for several years as well. As for Monica's restaurant, it closed in 2012. However, Monica's spirit continues to live on with her family, her children, and her friends. She is dearly loved and missed by many. I remember this story whenever it happened. So whenever whenever Monica was killed, it was big, big news, like TMZ kind of news. And it was everywhere that 
this guy, you know, this survivor producer has maybe killed his wife and now he's left Mexico and he's in the U.S. and what's going to happen? And then you didn't hear anything for several years about it. And then it was kind of like, oh, he's out of prison. And that's kind of it. It's the whole thing is kind of incredible down to his sentencing, which is really kind of crazy that he was convicted of this murder and he got 12 years. Yeah, it does. I always feel like there's I I never like cease to be amazed in some of these cases where people like sentencing. they are convicted of murder, but then they're free, you know, just a short time later. I, I just don't feel like seven years is that's just not to me, my personal opinion. I just don't feel like there's that's not enough time for taking someone's life. Yeah. And, you know, and that that's what he's convicted of. And I know his supporters obviously feel otherwise and feel like a lot of things went wrong in the trial and he just never even had a fair trial. But yeah, if you truly have committed murder, seven years, my goodness, that is just nothing, nothing compared to taking someone's life. It's, it just blows my mind. But you see that a lot, like a lot of times, and I think I've been more surprised since we've done this, how rarely I feel like, well, that sentence made sense. Like, I, yeah. I I agree with that. A lot of times it's like, how on earth did you get that little or some people who get so much and you think, how the heck when somebody like this gets, you know, 12 years but only has to serve seven? It doesn't, it right. really, really makes sense. That was a whole tangent, but it really doesn't make sense. Mandy, do you want to change gears? Trade gears. I do. I am ready to switch to our last thing before we go. And if you are new with us, last thing before we go, we change it up a little bit a lot of times. And sometimes we take questions, we do a hero segment, different things, different strokes for different folks. So if you're here the first time, this is like our little palate cleanser. It's a little bit different. No murder. Zero murder. Yeah, normally no murder. And so we're just going to ask each other these questions and go from there. I don't know why I felt like explaining that this week, but... I'm sure we have. Well, we haven't explained new. it in a while. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is a little confusing if you just came right into it and we're like, what are they talking about? So Mandy, here's a question from Nicole L. in our Facebook group. If you could be any age again, what would it be? It's actually super hard because like, I guess I would go back to like straight up being a child, but then that also is kind of crappy and like being a kid wasn't really that fun because <laughs> you're a kid and, and you have to do what someone else tells you all the, the time. Rules, like, you don't have freedom. Yeah. Um, but then like I didn't really enjoy being a teenager. And then I had my first child very young. I was only 21. So I didn't have like a crazy time in my 20s. So like I don't know what age I would go back to being. To tell you the truth, I really am enjoying the age I am now. And um, I always said like I don't know why, but really – when I even was a teenager, I used to say, like, I just can't wait to be, like, over 30. And, like, I know that's a weird thing, especially for women. You never hear a woman say they, like, want to be 30 or over 30. But I always felt like, you know, once I'm 30, I feel like I'll be, like, fully an adult and people might take me more seriously. <laughs> and I feel like that is mostly true for me now. I feel like even in my 20s, I guess people took me seriously. You know, I did have two kids. You know, by the time I was 25, I had two children. Sometimes I feel like that made people take me seriously less, you yeah, know, yeah. not more. But uh, now that I'm over 30 and, you know, I'm kind of into that stage of my life and my kids are older, I feel like I have more freedoms now and I'm more stable all around in lots of different ways. So I don't know that I would go back to a different age. I really am enjoying this time of my life, the present. There's no time like the present. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you have a lot of good points. Now it makes me not want to answer the question. No, I agree. Like, I agree <laughs> in the sense that I'm very happy where I'm at and I enjoy my life and my family and my kids are at a cool age now. And so I enjoy all of that. But I do think back to like when I was in high school, which I hated high school, but there was a time like when I played volleyball and um, we did like travel volleyball and it was so much fun. And I don't think I appreciated like how easy that time in my life was, you know? And even when I think back to like relationships then, not boyfriends, because goodness knows I didn't have a boyfriend until I was 21. But thinking back like to my grandma and stuff, like I I spent a lot of time with her, but I wish you you wish you would this is a little too philosophical for me, but I wish I would have like really been more present in that time. Like I was with my grandma a lot before she passed away, but I sometimes wish like that I would have realized what it meant when she wasn't there anymore. I don't know how to explain that right, but like you never have yeah. that time back. And so I'm like kind of teary even thinking about it, but like I can think back to those times and I have such good memories and stuff, but like you kind of wish like oh, there were probably times I could have not done this and gone to hang out with her. I don't know. I go through like these very rough stages where I miss her a lot and I'm just in one of those this week, but that's like kind of the time I Aww. miss. But you know what I mean? Where you're like, you can't do anything about it. So doesn't matter but like that was an easier time and I didn't realize it was an easier time I thought like it was so difficult and my gosh my life got way worse (laughs) no I'm just kidding (laughs) no it just got more complicated but it's great it's wonderful and I love my life now I promise I really do love my life now no matter what my sarcasm might tell you my life is really good but yeah I get what you mean and but I do think there's there's that time that I wish I could have back so Let's move on to something else. I like the question, but it took a turn for me. Okay, Mandy. Okay. <laughs> How, or this is from Melissa S. in our Facebook group. How do you tackle Christmas shopping? Are you an early bird or a procrastinator? What do you think I am? <laughs> I 100% know the answer. Well, I don't know because it's Christmas and you do pretty good with Christmas. But I actually know I know this about you. I've definitely gotten text messages from you on Christmas Eve saying, if they do not deliver this trampoline by the end of today, <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to tell my kids. <laughs> so yeah, I've, I've got the answer. <laughs> Yeah, so I am definitely not an early bird shopper. I am a for sure a procrastinator. I, but here's the other thing though. First of all, I don't have a ton of people that I buy for. And really that was out of necessity for a lot of years because, you know, we just didn't have the finances to go crazy at Christmas. So we just didn't. It was really just, you know, I would get some things for my kids. But like, I'm not one of those people that's buying presents for like all my aunts and uncles and cousins and going to parties and like, you know, having to bring white elephant gifts and all that stuff. Like, we just don't do that kind of thing. So I don't have to go out and go shopping. Like, there's a few people that I might pick up something for here and there. But it's really just my kids that I buy for. And then if I get anything for my husband, it's like, one thing. So I just don't feel like I really do a lot of Christmas shopping at all in the first place. But I do wait until I do like to um, I really don't start until like Black Friday, but I don't I don't do Black Friday at all. You will not catch me anywhere out in public on Black Friday. I do Cyber Monday and I like to see what the Amazon deals are. And that's kind of when I start looking for things and getting ideas. But then, yeah, you're absolutely right. I will be shopping and ordering things and having them delivered right up to Christmas Eve. And I'll just be like praying that everything gets here in time for me to wrap (laughs) it and get it under the tree in the morning for the morning. 
yeah, I am a procrastinator, not just with Christmas shopping, with literally everything in my life. But I feel like it's okay for me for Christmas because I don't really get overwhelmed by that because, like I said, I, I'm not buying a lot of stuff anyway. And this year, I'm really not. I'm trying to move away from toys and stuff like that. So it'll be really easy. I think we're just going to do some, like, maybe season's passes to one of the parks or nice. – uh, things like that. So I won't have to really even go anywhere to get that stuff. So I'm really happy about this year's Christmas shopping. The best thing that ever happened to me was online shopping as far as like holidays go. Cause I always struggle cause I hate being in people areas and it's like, I feel overwhelmed when I go to the mall. I can't remember the last time I went to the mall, but it was like too much, like the lights and noise. I was like, Oh, I hate this <laughs> so much. And I didn't realize I hated it until I had not gone for like four years. And so for me, I like the, I, I'm not an early bird, but like I start around the same time as you. I like to start in, um, right around Thanksgiving, the black Friday. I also do not leave my house on black Friday try to keep a list of things I'm getting, like who I need to buy for. And then I kind of cross it off as I go. I've bought a couple things so far, but it's for things I have to ship to people. And I know I will not do it on time if I don't like get it ahead of time, like a lot ahead of time. And so we don't do a whole lot of gifts. Like my sister and I, like we'll get for each other's kids, something small, but we don't go crazy. I my my in-laws are really good gift givers and so I always feel like well I can't even compare to that so <laughs> why should I even try so I <laughs> I'm kind of terrible with that because I'm like well, I can't beat you so whatever if you want to give me something nice that's great but we're my husband and I almost never get each other anything not in like a wow your marriage sucks kind of way but just like there's like I and it's kind of a necessity thing too where it's like I've never I'm like always have like two dollars left at the end of Christmas so I'm like well what do you want me to buy you like pack a gum yeah. I don't really <laughs> know what to do here so yeah so I don't feel like I answered the question the way it wanted to be I'm I'm probably more of an early bird if I have the means to be able to do it I like to get stuff done ahead of time Mandy knows this about me like I'm thinking two months ahead at all times like panicking about that so I can't even panic about things right now because I'm panicking into January but yeah <laughs> <laughs> but it works for me and it works for my brain so that's why we're a good team we panic about different things at different times and so then someone's yeah, always worried <laughs> I know you did just remind me though about mail when you talked about mailing gifts and stuff because now I have a little baby nephew oh, yeah, my sister's fun. baby is um, he's such a fun and cute age right now. He's seven months old. Or no, just kidding. I'm losing my mind. He will be seven months old at Christmas time. Oh, nice. So I was thinking ahead about that, about like what I can get for him. And that's such a fun age. But um, I think I'm going to go visit them too. So like I'm not getting my sister a present. I'm not getting my mom a present because you are the present, present. is going to be me when I show up there <laughs> in January to visit them. So that's <laughs> I have to fund my trip there. So yeah. But yeah, so it's stuff like that. But I like I said, it's just I just don't buy a lot of like items for Christmas. I just I do like to, I like to take vacations and I like to I like to invest in things that we can do all year round. So like, you know, right now we have passes to SeaWorld, but maybe we'll look into getting passes to a different theme park, for, you know, for Christmas yeah, or something. That's so fun. that's just that's just how things kind of yeah. go here. My kids don't care about toys. They don't need any more stuff. Yeah. Oh, my son has like an entire list. My daughter made the mistake of putting um, have I already said this like a Santa app on my phone. And so literally every day he just has not even caught on that. It's like the same 
repetition of like questions and he gets frustrated <laughs> about the same ones because they make him repeat his name. He's like, you know my name. I've already told you. And he just like randomly tells <laughs> tells him like every day. He just picks up my phone and says it. I'm like, buddy, it doesn't count until you sit on Santa's lap. He's like, no, I'm telling him. I'm like, nope, 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 nope. Doesn't, there's no way I can keep track of your list. So he has like things that are on his list. Like today he was like, mom, can you buy me this Nintendo Switch game? I'm like, you don't have a Nintendo Switch. He's like, but I'm getting one for Christmas. I'm like, again, you don't know what you're getting for Christmas there, buddy. You're getting a little ahead of yourself. So it's always, it's fun. But that, that app, if you have seen that app deleted off your phone, it will ruin your life. He did tell me he wants to be a bee for like, we told me this is way off track and I might delete this, but he told me that he wants to be a bee in heaven and that God will make him a bee when he goes to heaven and he won't have a stinger. But then he decided he will have a stinger and he wants me to be a bee with him. Like I had no idea. He got stung by a bee last week and I think this is where it's going from. Oh, like he wants to get revenge. He wants to come back and have his yes, revenge. Yes, he yeah. wants to get his revenge on other bees. I'm like, what is even happening right now? So he is he's in it for the long game. So this was really long and way off topic, but that's just what we do here. Mandy, anything else? Are we are we are we good here? <laughs> I don't think so. I think we are good, guys. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode, and we will see you next week, same time, same place new story super proud of you did i get it you right you got it yeah <laughs> one week we'll do it without like questioning each other like was that was that good yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right guys bye bye thanks so much for listening to the moms and murder podcast make sure to check back with us next week for a new episode you can also find us at momsandmurder.com where you can connect with us via social media please make sure you subscribe and give us five stars because giving us four stars would be a crime Thanks so much.